We the people tell the government what to do. It doesn't tell us. We the people are the driver. The government is the car. And we decide where it should go and by what route and how fast. Almost all the world's constitutions are documents in which governments tell the people what their privileges are. Hey everybody, welcome once again to yet another episode of Two Dudes Talkin'. Uh, it is episode 69, and uh, two out of the three hosts here are now buried under, well, five inches of snow. We're not Boston, for crying out loud, but uh, thank God it was only five inches. Uh, but with me, of course, is our good buddy John Tracy. John, how you doing today, bud? Doing on, man. How are you? I'm doing Steve, good, thank you? you. Mr. Steve Murray. Steve, how are you, sir? I'm okay now. Okay, I'm indoors. Got, got your workout in, I saw. Can I, can I make a plea? Go for it. To all the inventors out there, uh-huh. <laughs> we need an alternative to snowblowers. Because when the wind is blowing, it just <laughs> all comes back. I, I, no joke. You know, 45 minutes ago, I had to get in the shower oh. because there were clumps of ice in my beard oh. that were so dense and in there. Oh. I literally had to stand under the hot water just to melt them away. Oh. <laughs> Okay. That's nasty. Oh man. Nasty, we need nasty. better we need better snow removal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I need Absolutely. to get that up and higher it out. I'm Matt Craig, of course, happy to be alone for the ride. Gents, as I said at the top, episode sixty nine and as tradition, who wore episode who wore sixty nine in the city of Philadelphia? Um once again, short list. Um uh, but we do it have should be. Yeah, <laughs> it should be. We do have a few players. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Runyon, of course, was one of them. Uh, he was probably my favorite right tackle. Guys oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I, Lane Johnson is is growing on me, but yeah. still, as of now, it's Runyon. It's Runyon, yeah. Uh, you got Evan Mathis, uh, also, before he left and won a Super Bowl with Denver. He was with yep. us for a few years. Um, of course, Landon, you have Landon Nickerson. But then our favorite one, Back in the mid to late 90s, mm-hmm. who, on a very cool August night, you can still hear a whoop, whoop. He's still pushing that body sled, George Hegeman. I mean, that is such a great story. Um, a large man trying to push Andy Reid. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> and Andy Reid going, you know what? No, you're going to take this sled in the vet. You're going to push this sled and cut him. And then the he cut him. Day. It was great. Yeah, he cut him anyway. <laughs> Made in career. <laughs> did he play for the Cowboys after that? I want to. Did he? I think it was before. It was before that. Before. It wasn't. After okay. Game. I don't think he, he came was... here from. He came here from the Cowboys. Yeah. And I don't think he. He. I don't think anybody else signed him after that. Yeah. It did humble him though. I did read a little bit. Did look up the the old story. It's like yeah. It's like you know what? It did humble me, and I did learn, you know, not to do it anymore, and all that kind of stuff. We you mi- know, we missed that practice. in sports because yeah. because of. As we're going to get into cancel culture and not allowed to, you know, you're not allowed to keep your kids after practice and make them skate anymore and stuff like that. It's just not, <laughs> it's not the way it used to be. Well, we used to play, we play sports way different oh, than yeah. the kids these days do. I keep thinking. Let me, yeah, let me, let me just uh, go off on a tangent on this number just yeah, real go quick. For it. Absolutely. Uh, because John, John brings up hockey teams. So my son's hockey team, I had to have a discussion with them. Mm. Uh, because a number of them were all joking around. Oh, I want to wear number sixty-nine. And I had to, I had to explain to them, 
you don't want to do that because people hate the guy who wears number 69. Yeah, exactly. If football, football is the lone exception mm-hmm. because the, well, at least back previous to this season, mm-hmm. offensive linemen were only offered a certain range of numbers. And so mm-hmm. there's only a certain number of numbers you can use. Like 50 yeah. to 79. Yeah, it was a pretty good. Yeah. I, I think it was actually like 60 to 7. I don't think offensive linemen got in the 50s. Uh, I think very, so. Very, I, they, had, they had basically 19 or 20 numbers to yeah, pick they, from. They, so, they broke the positions down when, when the NFL became communist. They broke them down to, <laughs> you have to wear this, you have to wear this, you have to wear this. The whole Roger Goodell racist thing. Yeah, that was the <laughs> So, But if anyone else in any other sport were to wear it, they would be subject to severe derision. I remember sitting on a bench in a hockey game with Mr. Tracy and him explaining that there was a kid on the other team wearing number 69 and John really just wanted to fight him for that reason alone. Pretty much. I think he did. (laughs) It's it's a, it's a stupid joke. I mean, and this is, but this is my problem with the number in hockey and I'll, and I'll, you know, rant along with Steve. Go for it. Yeah, go for it. It's a cheap joke. Yeah. Now, okay, so if Steve's wearing six, I'm wearing nine, and we skate past each other to make Matt laugh. Funny joke. Yeah. Wearing it all the time, you're just a sleazeball. Yeah, pretty much. Like, because you're <laughs> trying to get the cheap pop all the time. Nobody likes the cheap guy that wants the cheap pop all the time. Yeah, exactly. The, like, the best part about when I had to explain it to these kids was there was one kid who was not at that practice, mm. right? So mm. the next practice – He's in there saying he wants to wear the number, and the kids I had talked to go, "No, you you don't want to be that." Wear that. <laughs> you know? And I was like, I was so proud. I'm like, oh, you guys took that lesson to heart. Good job, boys. Pass it up, baton to the next generation. There you Great. go. That's what it's all about. <laughs> it, go, it goes back to the the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl when uh, when uh, uh, Fletcher Cox and uh, Long stood next to each other, and it was a ha ha moment. Mm-hmm. But it's not like they did it all the time. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. that's what it, that's what there's a difference between yeah. you know donning it all the time and you know making yeah. a joke about it and making a joke about it yeah exactly. so all the beavis and buttheads out there stop laughing and snickering at our uh, episode number this week <laughs> we're gonna say it over and over again so you do I though know. Yeah, exactly because <laughs> it is episode 69 well gents let's move on to our very first topic of this episode and uh fortunately we don't have much in a way of covid numbers to go over and all that kind of stuff but we have Definitely have somebody that has lost his damn mind. A little bit. And I would have never thought it would be the Surgeon General of the United States. Um, Dailywire.com article here. John brought it. And I love it because he's basically suggesting that the Joe Rogan podcast, 11 million subscribers, one of the most successful podcasts right now going um, in the United States today. The Surgeon General Vivek Murthy... Says that the Joe T-H, Rogan, John, T-H. T-H-Y, uh, at the end of that. Joe Rogan podcast should be censored. Big tech has important role to play. Oh, they have to whine and moan about big tech. Oh, you're not doing enough. Um, he's on Tuesday. He was on MSNBC, no surprise. Uh, on Tuesday, says not only that the government has to do more, but the big tech companies also have to do more because of the disinformation that Joe Rogan has spread. Uh, John... I'm going to leave that to you. What are your thoughts on this real quick? I keep on saying it over and over again. I don't see the disinformation. I don't even understand why he's being targeted 
by Neil Young or or the 97 old people that just said they were pulling their music off of Spotify um, over the last couple of days. Like, I don't understand why the attack is. Yeah. I, it just make it makes no sense. Like, Steve just told us that Howard Stern's defending him. I, as well, everybody in the media should actually him. Neil Neil Young Neil Young's most recent statement as of this recording, from what I saw, actually says he um, he you know has no problem with Joe Rogan and First Amendment. He's like, it's it's his First Amendment right to be out there, and it's my First Amendment right to pull my music off of the same platform. There no, absolutely. You know, I, I, I think I Neil Young gets it. He just doesn't you know want to share. That's all. And that and that's perfectly fine, but that it doesn't it doesn't fit the narrative that the Surgeon General is putting out there. No. Is that, that it needs to it needs to end because it's not. Is everybody's playing everybody's playing fair? Yeah. Except for the, the well, Surgeon General. This is this is the thing, guys. I'm reading this is from the Surgeon General. Quote: We can have the best science available. We can have the best public health expertise available. It won't help. If they don't have access to accurate information, people have the right to make their own decisions, but they also have the right to have accurate information to make that decision with. I completely 100% agree with what he said, but that's not yeah, what he's doing. But that's not right. what he's doing. You know, and I, I would tend to think, too, that it's also none of the Surgeon General's business whether or not someone has to make a decision on their own personal health. Like, you have a decision. That's between you and your primary care physician. That's not between you and the U.S. Surgeon General, with all due respect uh, to Vivek Murthy. It's none of his business. Um, that is a personal decision between you and your primary care physician as to whether or not you want to take the vaccine or not. Um, or, you know, if you, you know, you're looking for alternative therapies and treatments, you know, we should be celebrating that kind of stuff. We shouldn't be, like push the vaccine so much that that's the only, you know, it's one thing if you push the vaccine so much that that's your only avenue of choice where you've got alternative thoughts here that mm -hmm. are equally, if not better, and <clears throat> natural immunity might also be a, a factor in that as well. You know, that's not even in his radar. So what's, I mean, I look at that quote and I go like, yeah, that that's great and all, but I mean, if you're just sitting there kind of going, just come to me, come to me, come to me, and you're not telling me all the information. What's the point of that quote? I don't know. You know, it doesn't make sense to me. It'll, you know, but I, it's crazy. Steve, I mean, you have an opening rant, but I'm just going to pass that over to you. What, what was your opening rant on this, bud? Uh, all right. <laughs> Let, let's talk practically first. Let's do it. Um, so he's talking about Joe Rogan. That's well, I guess that's Spotify, right? Mm -hmm. So his, according to him, Spotify is big tech has a duty to remove um, episodes or, or whatever that they feel is disinformation. Um, does Spotify have a panel of PhDs or medical doctors that reviews all the content that gets put out on Spotify to determine um, whether or not what's being said is accurate or not, are, are those PhDs and MDs armed with the most latest studies on what's going on? Because mm -hmm. if not, I would think it would be hard for Spotify to really make that determination. Mm -hmm. uh, same goes for Facebook, same goes for Twitter, same goes for Google, whatever. 
Oh, Steve, yeah. you didn't know that every time I every time I post something on Facebook, I go to the person that has the degree in it. I let them read it, and then I put it out there. I do nothing me? emotional on Facebook. Everything would that, would that, would that goes me? through my lawyers or my doctors, and it's can I say that or I have me. a cold? You Does go it look like me. I have a cold? <laughs> you go through oh, me. That's John. how the world operates, Steve. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how. Yeah. And then here, here's another here's another problem for Mr. Murth Murthy. Murth Murthy. Yeah, Murphy John. I'm gonna bite my tongue if I say it. So I'm not. Like, <laughs> I don't know if I can make that lip movement. <laughs> For those who don't know, John John was mispronouncing it as Murphy before the. Episode. I was taking it off the uh, iPhone translation. <laughs> it does, I well, that was your first mistake was trusting Apple. Exactly. Um, but getting back, getting back to okay, who's making the decision? What go? What stays and what goes? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, fact checking is not new mm-hmm. okay yeah. um, in yeah. the 1600s the fact checkers were against galileo's um pronounce uh, pronouncement that the earth was no longer the center of the universe or indeed the solar system yeah and that the earth revolved around the sun yeah uh and the fact checkers then who were at that point believing they were armed with the uh best science available um Wanted to cancel Galileo, and I don't mean take away his Twitter account. Oh, yeah, they wanted to cancel um, Galileo permanently oh, yeah. Yeah. with extreme prejudice. With extreme yeah. prejudice, exactly. Okay, punishment back then for misspeaking on facts was much more severe than yeah. being deplatformed as exact. it is now. It it, Ga- yeah. Good. Galileo is a bad example because yeah. he was a scientist and he had research data. And Joe Rogan to me is a boob, and I don't like him anyway. But uh, yeah. he has, he has the freedom to uh, have his own show and say what he wants. Yeah. Uh, look, we we live we live in a society. Um, we do, don't we, Batman? Uh, <laughs> we do. We live in a society that we do uh, is for believes in the free dissemination of information. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, First Amendment, all that. And an unfortunate and unavoidable side effect is that misinformation Mm -hmm. can get out there. But the minute you start trying to shut down what you consider to be misinformation, now you're China. Okay. Now you're North Korea. Yeah. And you are no longer going to have the free flow of ideas. Okay. If uh, credit to Galileo for speaking up, even though he knew the potential mm-hmm. consequences of what he was doing. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. But guess what? The earth does revolve around the sun. The sun. Okay. Exactly. We're not the center of the universe. Exactly. Um, and that's exactly what Mr. Murthy or Dr. Murthy is uh, asking for. Yeah. And, 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 you know, to, to the people who say, well, first amendment covers the government. Um, first of all, this is a government official mm-hmm. asking mm-hmm. a company to, uh, do this type of censorship. Yeah. Um, big tech has its own problem in that it has uh, a virtual monopoly. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, because it engages in interstate commerce, it's subject to federal regulation. So mm-hmm. by big tech shutting people down yeah. based on their views and based on what they're saying, um, you are in effect violating the first amendment. Yeah. 
they, they should not be telling people what to exclude mm-hmm. uh, lest we become North Korea. Yeah. Okay. I find it sometimes very ironic that sometimes when the media always, they always decry this. They always say, well, you know, if they put out any sort of information and it happens to be factually incorrect. Well, no, 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 we got, we got freedom of speech. I got freedom of speech. They'll run the first amendment. Like it's the biggest teddy bear that they've ever, fa- you know, they ever have in their arsenal. And yet mm-hmm. they're not held to account for their misinformation when they get things wrong, which is frequently um, that kind of a deal. Uh, that's such a great point. Um, Look, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, this is not between you and the Surgeon General. This is not between you and Joe Rogan. And if you're listening to Joe Rogan for your medical advice, I would advise you to get a, a mental health check. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Ask your primary doctor, doctor what you should be doing for yeah. your health. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think it's, and again, to your point, Steve, it's, it's a good one. The free exchange of ideas. What Rogan is really doing is that he is freely exchanging his ideas of saying, look, there are alternative therapies that are out there. Don't always accept what is being fed to you. And that's, from a, and that's, a, fair, that's a fair thing to say. Exactly. But whether or not you make that decision, that's on you. You have yeah. to make that choice. You have to make that call. Don't don't come blaming to me. Don't follow don't anybody don't blindly. That's yeah. a, I mean, that's the, 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 the there should be no ever. If yeah. you are if you are an 18 year old listening to this or you're a 50 year old listening to this, don't follow anybody blindly. Yeah, there should be no reason for that because yeah. then yeah. you're just their idea of who yeah. you're going to be. You're not who you are. It, it a, is. A, I, I was saying to Matt uh, earlier, Steve. I on Twitter, uh, Zuby liked the liked the post and hmm. uh, a CEO. I can't remember his name, so I'm going to paraphrase quote him. I'm not going to actually quote him. He said he said something along the lines of we don't have any crisis other than a critical thinking crisis. Yeah. And I, and I completely agree with that because nobody's critically thinking anymore. Yeah. And really the idea of critical thinking um, is really just the idea that you are essentially defending your opponent's point of view Mm -hmm. while espousing your own. So it, it would be something along to the lines of, Steve believes in X. I believe in Y. Here's why I disagree with X. You're not attacking the person, you know, per se. You're attacking the argument. Exactly. The that's... problem, though, that we're running into is that we're both attacking people that are disagreeing with message X. They're also attacking the person and trying to destroy that person. Can Can I give a really good point? No, not really. <laughs> Me, Matt, and Steve don't uh, don't agree on everything. But the one thing we do when we talk, when we disagree, is everybody stops and listens to the person's point of view. Yeah. Of why it should go this way or why it should go that way, whatever it may be, because there's respect and responsibility to to push forward and to learn from one another. I think that's what we do best. 100%. And that's that's something that the culture is missing. Yeah. It's just like, I don't like... I don't like him. I don't want to work work with him because he doesn't believe the exact same thing I do. Well, how the hell are you ever going to grow? Yeah. Are you going to learn? If I listened to my own bullshit my whole life, I would have never grown. (laughs) (laughs) Like, ever. Not once. I would have never made one achievement because I'd be listening to my own bullshit. Exactly. Not good. That's such a great point because I know Steve and I have, you know, we've, we've disagreed. Like, a lot when it comes to sports we really have 
we've you know it's kind of we've almost come to blows you know that kind of a deal but no it's you're right i mean it, it it's a good point because it's like you have to stop and think what is that person's point of view coming across and we did that with pre-production and what you know, we're going to get into that with the nfl overtime rules mm -hmm. uh, and all that kind of stuff that's later in, the, in this episode but that was such a great point because it's like we got into a very spirited debate on how to fix the overtime in the National Football League, and it was spirited. People had their own. We would never put that on video because it went long. Oh, it did. <laughs> it did, but it was a great discussion. It was like, okay, well, wait a minute. Now we're starting to think like, where's Steve coming from? Where's Matt's? What's Matt's point of view? What's John bringing in with a coin flip? You know, you know that kind of stuff. So it's a little bit of everything. We're having fun. Yeah, at the end of the day. So that's huge. It's a huge most of the time. That's not how it goes, though. That's the problem. It's you know not fun. It and, is. And, instead of but instead iron of sharpening iron. Yeah. Instead of listening and and gathering evidence and presenting your evidence, it's just I'm right because I'm I know I'm right, and you're just a, an idiot. Yeah. So listen to what I have issue. to say because you're stupid. <laughs> That is my one biggest hope in this world that I've never, ever looked at someone like that mm. in, in learning from them or teaching them. I hope that I've never done that. Mm. If I have, I feel really bad that I have, but yeah. like, that's one like moral thing I carry with me. And that's, I think that's what makes me so mad about censorship mm -hmm. is because like, how, how do you know that Joe Rogan isn't going to spark the mind that could change the world later on? You don't know. So why are we shutting his ideas down? Yeah. Why are we shutting, we talked about earlier with Howard Stern. I hate Howard Stern, yeah. but people like him. He gets viewers. People like us, we get viewers. You shouldn't shut us down because we get, you know, have a measly little podcast on YouTube. That would yeah. suck for us it's and one, the six people that like us. <laughs> it's one thing for the Surgeon General to counteract what Rogan is saying. And that, I think we would all be in favor of. If he's if saying, he here's why I disagree with Joe Rogan, ABC, you know, and present his list. That's quite another when he's basically saying, well, big tech has to do more to shut him down. That to me is like, that's it's, where mistrust like of the pension. government drops yeah. into the subconscious for a lot of people. And that mm -hmm. is very, very dangerous. Obviously in medical school, you don't have a class in constitutional law. I guess not. Uh, <laughs> I think that probably should happen though. <laughs> in every, every the, the, probably take constitutional law just just for shits and giggles because then yeah. the right and the left wouldn't be misappropriating it every time something happens. Every time, yeah. right? The, I mean, the the jurisprudence in this country, I think, is pretty clear. Really, the only thing at this point you are allowed to shut down for First Amendment is like uh, speech that is intended to incite violence. Yes. Mm. Yes. Um, violent rhetoric you know trying to incite somebody to hurt or kill somebody else yeah, exactly. absolutely that take that down mm -hmm. absolutely I mean, but yeah yeah but that's but, something that, but that's something that that twitter has shown they refuse to do yeah they give a platform to everybody the except topic. for the people that you know we, we've seen how twitter is weird like they'll give they'll give violent because because it fits in their term and that's also it fits in their terms and services which is unfortunately you signed up for it yeah yeah well the part of the problem with the the first amendment is 
kind of what we talked about earlier, like who decides what's right and what's wrong. Mm-hmm. And I'll get, I'll give you a great example. It's used all the time in law is uh, back when um, pornography was still sort of outlawed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was the Supreme court. Um, someone made the remark that, well, what is, what is pornography? Well, I, I'll know it when I see it. Mm. Okay. You can't, take that kind of approach to speech yeah no you can't you can't yeah you can't because everyone's going to see it differently yes yes yeah yeah and this this really does ultimately come down to discernment and wisdom and uh and that's very difficult um you know in the course of because you're not going to have it when you're young and you may get it when you're older Right. <laughs> hopefully but yeah that's what i know really a lot of smart kids and dumb to. adults it comes from it comes from the unlikely source yeah it sure does i don't claim to be one yeah uh, i don't know if you wanted to play that corolla uh video johnny but uh i think it kind of like it, you know maybe we can sum it up here but um it's I, really... I like i like what he's talking i just like what he says so i do want to play it for you guys yeah maybe we could just i don't necessarily think that we should be taking advice from him no but... <laughs> well basically we've decided that there's one lane you can be in when it comes to covid and if you get outside of that lane you need to be shut down but i find it interesting coming from rockers and comedians and artists because their job is to push back against the man and neil young should know the man isn't joe rogan the man is dr fauci the man is governor gavin newsom the man is the cdc the man is the who the man is biden that's who the man is you're an old rocker you're supposed to push back against the man joe rogan is pushing back against the man and you're pushing back against joe rogan so that's kind of an interesting take uh (laughs) i've I've always liked him yeah because he's always been kind of a straight shooter i don't agree with everything he said but he's he's kind of right like if you're gonna be a rebel and yep. this is what cancel culture is. They're the rebel, right? Mm-hmm. This isn't cancel culture. This is a little bit more far left because this is just like, I don't agree with you. Go away. And that's. Yeah. I think that, and also the difficulty. concerning too, to me. Yeah. And the difficulty too is, and I've also made mention this on the podcast before, but media, it, it's a one way conversation. They're mm-hmm. disseminating that information to you. You don't have the opportunity to respond back, ask questions. You don't have that opportunity at all. And that's difficult, especially when you're when you're being flooded with so much information. It's almost like, well, wait a minute, I've got a, like a, a question I've got on whatever you're said, you know, that kind of deal. And you don't have that opportunity to ask. You're kind of just like sitting there, like drinking water from a fire hose, kind of going like, I don't even know what to even say or even, you know, even ask. And is it even appropriate for me to ask a question? Um, And I think that's, that's the problem too. That's another contributing factor. Is that the purpose of it though? With the, like we've talked about it before with the, with the ticker tape and the time, how they stole everything from ESPN. If we inundate you and inundate you, inundate you, you don't have time to think about it. Well, then you You just get inundated with it. I mean, that's, that's what it seems that, that it's become. Mm-hmm. That's entertaining you as opposed to informing you. That's another issue. 
you know that kind of a i don't find any news programming entertaining i don't know <laughs> I find it inundating though. Like you can, you can, you can get their opinion over and over again. Just punched oh. in your head if you stop. <laughs> I try to, I try to duck and weave. I'm like in front of the TV, like, oh, I don't know. Stop! You just said that five minutes ago. Like I don't, like, I don't need ESPN in real life. And that's I've always made that correlation because I want to see Alexander Ovechkin score score that great goal. Mm-hmm. five six times in the morning as espn's on while i'm getting ready for work you know what i mean mm-hmm. oh wow that was a really good goal all right that was a great dunk by kobe i don't want political opinions being yeah. shown just like that and yeah. that's what they do and that's what they do and that's what that's what makes me hate it so much yeah well that's that's what matt and i talked about a couple weeks ago was mm-hmm. the the need to fill 24 hours <sighs> leads to this yeah, because yeah. you don't you now have more than enough time to report the regular news as, as it factually happens. Mm-hmm. But now we got to get the opinions of everybody involved. Yeah. And that's the problem. Yeah. And especially if it's a breaking news story, it's kind of like then it's like you have an immediate reaction to something that is happening. But whether or not that actually happened is a whole nother story when a whole nother side of the story has Denzel says it every time this these episodes end. Denzel says the exact same thing. Yeah, exactly. It's a need to be be first, not a need to be right. Yeah. Yeah. And the the way the way this the to circle back to the original article, the way he wants to push this is uh I I just saw a great example. Airplane two was a great movie. It was on earlier today. (laughs) And they get there so it's about they, they got a space shuttle they're it's a commercial flight into space. It's off course. It's heading for the sun. They have three newscasts. Okay. One's from Buffalo and the guy reports, oh, there was a four alarm fire in downtown Buffalo. And in other news, the lunar shuttle is headed for disaster. And then it's, and then it's Japan. There was a four alarm fire down in downtown Tokyo. And in other news, the lunar shuttle is in danger. Then they go, and this was 1982, I think. Mm-hmm. So Soviet Union was still around. Yep. So they go to a Soviet newscaster. Mm. Who's got, there's a guy pointing a gun at it. Like you could see the gun and the arm from off camera, <laughs> yeah. like right at his head. Yeah. And this is exactly how he reports the news. He says, a four alarm fire in downtown Moscow le- paves the way for a glorious new tractor factory. <laughs> and then on the, on the lighter side of the news, hundreds <laughs> of capitalists are about to die in a lunar shuttle. Love it. Love it. That is what you get when you have government and or big government um, sanctioned big tech censorship. Yeah. That is what you get. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's that's, a, that's such a great point. I think that's a great way to end it. Yeah. So let's move on from there to our second topic on our episode. And Steve, my good friend here, uh, Google Drive. Um. You're thinking like, wow, Google Drive, what the heck's going on here? Well, they're flagging nearly empty files for copyright infringement? What the heck's going on here? Um, users were left startled as Google Drive's automated detection systems flagged for ne- a nearly empty file for copyright infringement. Uh, Dr. Emily Dotson uh, reported seeing some odd behavior when she started using Google Drive. One of the files in her drive output 04.txt was nearly empty with nothing other than the digit one inside of it but according to google this file violated the company's copyright infringement policy steve please explain 
<laughs> let me let me start by saying for copyrights you have to have some modicum of creativity yep mm-hmm. uh so a file containing the number one would not suit that because that's just uh i'm assuming what what she was running probably some sort of computer programming that was outputting test results and it just that particular txt file had a one in it yeah. uh my understanding is is google is trying to crack down on uh, online piracy, um, you know, music, movies, that kind of thing, uh, sharing of files that that violate copyright. So, you know, you're not permitted to share a movie file mm-hmm. with people who have not paid for it, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, fine, that's, that's legitimate enforcement. But the way they're going about doing it is problematic because you're relying on a program, a computer program, to find these files. And the way that I understand these normally operate is they look for certain code that's affiliated with a copyrighted work and mm-hmm. you track that down. I can't imagine what they found in a file that contained the digit one, one that yeah. matched a violation. Uh, but, you know, technology is great when it works. Yeah. Uh, and I loved how John put it in pre production. You know, somebody missed a semicolon or something. In the... <laughs> it happens all the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're writing, um, they're writing a little too fast, a little bit before launching. They launch this bot that then gets them in the news. But this, this, this goes back to the last topic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. You know, all right. So, one way we're going to try and monitor good posts versus bad posts is we're going to use AI, we're going to use bots. Yeah. Okay, well, they better be working right. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it, it, at this it, point, good. They're 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 over like big tech and the government forcing big tech. They're overstepping their boundaries. They're trying to help in so many ways without a plan. Is that's what big tech is basically doing at this mm-hmm. point? That's why you see massive TikTok accounts are getting just. They get the 3 million followers and TikTok's like, yep, you violated all the guidelines. Poof, you're gone. Mm. Like, and you see it over and over. You see it with Instagram. You see it with, and, and of course, the right and the left grab it. And they're like, oh, it's because I believe this political thing. No, it's that the system's broken. Yeah, and this, this, this proves that the system's broken. Give the example you told us in pre-production about your friend who was like doing emails at Penn or something and. They were oh, uh, off the top of my head. I can't even remember. <laughs> it was some. It was some program to remove like empty email accounts or something. But it ended up you screwed up the program and and uh, you know yeah like it, half it, the, it, like, half what, the emails out, like he wiped out everybody's email <laughs> and it was like oops and then you have to restore it and start all over again. Oh no! To, they were trying to clean out old emails and oh, okay. it was. It was literally like a, a, a fast job is what I meant with the Mr. Semicolon bad things happen. Yeah. Literally was doing this and it was a select all instead of a select what I select it. Oh, everybody you just crash it. That's what it happens all the time. That's crazy. This, this is interesting too. further on the article. Um, the behavior wasn't just limited to files that contain that contain digit one. Dr. Chris Jefferson uh, who is an AI and mathematics researcher at the University of St. Andrews, he was also able to reproduce the same issue when uploading multiple computer-generated files to Google Drive. He generated over 2,000 files, each containing a, a num- just a number between uh, minus 1,000 and 1,000. 
And the files containing the digits, now get this, guys, 173, 174, 186, 266, 285, 302, 336, 451, 500, and 833 were flagged by Google Drive for copyright infringement. Interesting. Clearly that's a definite hodgepodge of a list of numbers. <laughs> and it, it, that's the, the, here's the problem with AI, right? The, the way AI works, mm-hmm. at least I can, I can at least speak from the image processing side. Mm-hmm. The way AI works for like identifying something in an image is you show it that thing in an image over and over and over again. Oh and it learns how to identify. It's very similar to text to talk. The original right. talk software. You have to keep talking. And it will pick it up and get it. good about it. Mm-hmm. But to this point, computers are not going to be any better than the programming that they bring in. Yeah. And so we we shouldn't be trusting certain things to computers given the, the current land. And anybody who knows me, follows me on social media, knows I fear Terminators. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this, this is, you know, and I see signs of it everywhere from the from the yep. robot that patrols the giant uh-huh. supermarkets. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, uh-huh. to liquid metals. Yep. Um, it's I've, it's I've everywhere. Seen the videos where there's been bots that basically walk upstairs, walk across, jump. You know, and I'm thinking, you give that thing an M4, look out. I <laughs> literally, I literally cannot get a Roomba because my wife won't have it. Yeah, and that's all I want is I just want a vacuum cleaner that runs around my apartment and cleans so nobody has to. That's, that's what I want. But no, it's because of Steve's same thing, the fear yeah. of Terminator. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, I Robots one of the better movies of explaining the fear. It's yeah. that you we're gonna trust them so much they're just gonna be like, well, you can't take care of yourself. Yeah, it's like what it's well, this robot will take care of everything yeah, for you. Like, what is happening? Yeah, that's oh, that was a perfect example of the reason the robots went off the rails was yeah. you gave them the three laws mm-hmm. and they misinterpreted yep. what One. they meant by the laws. They said, yeah. oh, never harm a human. Well, we can't you're, let hurt humans be harmed. You're harming yourselves, so we can't let you do that. Yeah, You're restricted to your home space. And in a way, that is censorship. That you're using, you're using the the basic laws that we have against each other because you disagree with them. Yeah, right. Uh, my whole point is, we just we have to be careful with what we are putting in the hands of machines. No doubt. Yes. No um, doubt. And I, this this just it, it it this it, article just made made, made sense to me because I'm like, oh, this shows how stupid these things can be when they're not programmed correctly. I and love, could you I imagine love... if social media? created a bot just to look for key left words or key white right words right yeah. they're looking for those keywords and they're how wrong would that be like yeah like sally may who's not doing anything but like taking care of her kids and hanging out with her friends might say a a, a republican buzzword yeah. and now all of a sudden she loses all her photos of her kids yeah like well who's who's to say they're not using them already john i they they i they probably are I mean, when they're when they're when they're um, shutting down accounts left and right, you don't think there's actually people on the other side of that looking for this stuff? No, do you? no oh, way. Yeah. 
no, I mean, no, there no. are there are billions of Facebook posts a day. I mean, there's no. Just, no, there's no way it's here. But yeah. I'm saying if they ramp it up to the like elimination of, mm-hmm. that's where that's where like because yes, is it happening now? Absolutely, but it's not happening at a rampant rate. Yeah, like if it's they not happening at an do what Google rate. did by mistake and just ramp it up just a little bit, you're only going to have one, Facebook's only going to have one section left of people that are saying what Facebook wants them to say. Yeah, right. and that's a problem. That's a that's big a, That's problem. communist. Yeah, that's <laughs> a big much. problem. That's, it yeah. becomes it goes a back to what level. we were saying earlier. And that happens. With free speech, yeah, yeah. What I love too, guys, just to make, it, make you guys laugh, uh, Jefferson, obviously, after he conducted the experiment, he said this, quote, I deleted the experiment just in case I got my account deleted for too many naughty numbers. <laughs> Didn't didn't wasn't there Great something line. in there that said there was a theory that if you had the number zero in the uh, in in the file, just the number zero, you, they were afraid that that would result in a permanent permanent deletion. removal yeah. of Google Someone Drive. Alleged that the, should the file contain just the digit zero, Google will permanently disable your account. Although the outcome more likely applies to users that Google deems to be repeat infringers. So that's well, yeah. I mean, if you're if you're yeah. repeatedly uploading, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean, to Bear, yeah. drive to share. I, mean, I could I could see why they want to do it. They just didn't do a good job of it. No, <laughs> they did a terrible job. But I do find I do find the number zero offensive. So I just you know. I, it, it's well, I mean, yeah, it's absolutely canceled. Yeah, I thought I saw a two in there. Well, you anyway. can't. <laughs> being uncomfortable. So we're canceling it. Number zero, you're out. Yeah, you're out. You're done. <laughs> you're out. Yeah. Well, let's move on uh, to our third topic, um, guys. And this is brand new to Two Noobs. This is what we are calling Blind Reaction. Yeah, we just um, made this up on the... On the which is the, really fascinating. But essentially what I've done is I went on LinkedIn and I saw a very interesting video talking about the Great Resignation. If you don't know what that is, that is basically the current job environment that we are in as of this recording, January 2022, February 2022 where people are essentially leaving the workforce in droves. They're basically just saying, you know what, I've had it, I'm done, whatever the case may be. I don't like my job, done. Uh, And so people are just basically resigning. Mm -hmm. So this video uh, that John's going to play shortly is someone that I think has a very interesting take, and I'm going to ask for Steve and uh, John's reaction to it. So somebody asked about the labor shortage that's going, that's happening right now. It's, it's a big deal in the United States. I think it's affecting other countries in the world as well. Um, and the reason for what sometimes is called the great resignation. I think COVID and the lockdown was um, a, a catalyst, but I think this has been a, a steady build for many years. And I think it's an indictment on most corporate cultures. I think too many companies have been taking advantage of employees for too long. And if you ask people, how's your job for too many years, people have said, it's fine. It's fine. It's never great. It's not that I'm having fun. It's not I'm learning a lot. It's it's fine. And and you ask people who have a, a job that's fine, well, why don't you quit and find another job? And the problem is, is the unknown is much scarier than what they have. So they settle for fine because the unknown future or the unknown what I'm going to do next is just too scary. And what happened during COVID is some people were furloughed or we went through a lot of stress and strain. Uh, a lot of people had their incomes um, shaken um, and we got through it. Like we survived. And all of a sudden 
the complications or difficulty or the story we tell ourselves about the unknown all of a sudden aren't so scary anymore. And so now when we compare fine to the unknown, all of a sudden, I think a lot of people are a lot less scared of, of, of the unknown. And traditionally, you know, some of your lowest level employees or your frontline employees that clung onto their jobs and were mistreated the most that are now looking at the unknown and saying, it's not so crazy anymore. And I think, I, so I think part of what we're dealing with is actually the culmination or a breaking point of years and years and years and years and years and years of companies getting away with being able to just create mediocre corporate cultures and it's coming home to roost. So it's a period of complete upheaval. We don't know how it's going to settle, but I think and I hope that a lot of companies take it upon themselves to realize that they can do a better job. The companies with the best cultures, by the way, though they're losing some employees, are not losing uh, uh, employees nearly in the same numbers as, as some of the mediocre ones. So it's not even bad or toxic. It's just mediocre. So the great companies are not struggling as much because it's a fun place to go to work. Yeah. So, guys, uh, what's your immediate reaction uh, to watching that? Uh, for the first time. What are your thoughts? And I'll give it to anybody. What do you guys want to say? I found it very, very fascinating, to be perfectly honest with both of you. Oh, it, it's absolutely fascinating. Um, I was having this, I was telling you guys right before we went on, I was literally having this conversation um, almost to a T. Like I, this is the first time I'm seeing this. Like Literally, this was the conversation that I was having with someone in my company about how to, how do we not become one of those mediocre companies that is like, yes, you're going to lose people. Mm -hmm. COVID taught us a ton of things. It taught us a ton of things. Maybe you're not exactly where you want to be mm -hmm. inside the company. Mm -hmm. And you had time to slow down and look at it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I could see why people are leaving. I know a ton of people that let literally quit their jobs, their jobs of 20 years. Like, you know what? We financially made it through on one income and I got to spend more time with my kids at home. Family. Mm -hmm. but we don't need to. Why do we need, you know, two jobs if we could do this on one income? Because it, it, COVID showed us that. Mm -hmm. A lot of people that that happened to. Mm -hmm. um, happened to actually me and my wife because we were two incomes until COVID and, and we were one. And what, what's the point of her going back to work? <laughs> we, we survived. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? What's the point? Mm -hmm. Like, I, I, we've had that conversation. Yeah. Because what's the point? Like, do you really do do you really need that much money? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, people just I think it woke a lot of people up to like he said, that mediocre job. Yeah, I think there's that the, the sense where you're you're at a certain level and yet, you know, the, the the companies I think are basically saying, Okay, well, you're gonna be put here, there's no room for advancement or growth. And I think that's where you hear the words, well, I'm fine at my job. I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not really growing in my current position. And, you know, now all of a sudden it's like you're furloughed. It's kind of like, okay, well then now what? Well, I'm going to do something else. I yeah. guess I can do something else. It's not that big of a loss. If I can figure out what I need, what I want to do and what I can do in that kind of environment. Uh, Steve, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, it's a fascinating video. Um, what, what are your thoughts? I don't think anything he said in there was surprising. Mm -hmm. No, I don't think so. Um, I think, I think he's right that uh, COVID taught a lot of people a lot of things mm -hmm. uh, about themselves, and I think 
um, people learned about workplace culture more because I think working at home taught a lot of people um, it doesn't always have to be the way it is when you're in an office and uh, so from that perspective yeah he's absolutely right I mean I think people are kind of pushing back finally that um, and I, I, to a certain extent I, I don't know that corporations realize they need people to survive mm. um mm -hmm. you know and if if people are are now going to take the position that uh they're not going to take a position <laughs> um that, that uh, yeah. that was totally accidental uh <laughs> that they're not going to take a position yeah. that's gonna you know just to have a job yeah. Exactly. You know, they're going to they're going to take a job that means something to them and, and yeah. could result in advancement and you're going to et cetera. wait for the right one instead right. of taking the job. And and it's funny that we we all we all like literally hone on that, like corporations are finally getting it. Like we've been, you know, Steve, you rose to the ranks, Matt, you rose to the ranks. I rose to the ranks of understanding how corporate environments work. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they're not favorable for everybody. No. No. Like there's, I know some people in my company, I won't say, I won't say who or why, but they probably, if they watch this, they know who I'm talking about. There's some people that can't win. Oh, I think they're how hard they try because they're just, they, they're either perceived in the corporate environment that way, mm -hmm. or they're just stuck in that one place where you can't get out of because you're a reliable mm -hmm. And you're yeah. being not fighting against it, so yeah. you're never gonna. And those, I those are the people that are quitting. That, that I couldn't agree more with that, John. I, I couldn't agree more with you on that. I think the the biggest thing too, part of it when I hear the words mediocre culture, who do you think creates that? That is HR driven. Yeah, and you know, and and everything. And I, I get it. There's like part of it also too. Uh, other management words, departments. It's, yeah, it's management also your employees' management cause yeah. culture. Like, yeah. Oh, sure. I've done some culture change in my company, not greatly, but amongst my division, mm -hmm. I've made a bit of a culture change because I became yep. a trusted person yep. up with the with the with the bigger guys, yep. and we were able to change the culture a little bit just yep. because of that. Yep. Because it needed a culture change. Oh, sure. It comes from the top. It comes from the most respected or the the longest tenured, most respected, or management can yep. change a culture if they want to. Yeah. That's the one advice I give to everybody in business, whether small business or, or big business, you can change your culture. It's very easy. Mm -hmm. You just got to do it with keeping it front of head. No, you sure. Can't, you can't yeah. say, Oh, I want a culture change. Like you have to make the culture change. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just found it like incredibly fascinating just to hear him like talk about like, cause I think there is a, a lot of truth in what he said in regards oh, yeah. to people, you know, if you're in a position where you don't feel like you, if you are in a mediocre culture and your job is just fine, you do feel kind of beaten down. And yet COVID was kind of a blessing in disguise, almost to kind of just revitalize. Maybe it's going to revitalize the American workforce to kind of say, you know what? It's not as bad. If I can get through this pandemic season, and this is a season, because yeah. it's going to eventually end, and it will end. And in fact, it is. I think it, it is ending, obviously, with, with the Omicron spikes. But it's a matter of just, like, okay, now that I've gone through that, I can come out on the other side, and I can take a risk. You know, logically, I can I can look at it and say, 
hey, what, what else can I do? Can I contribute or can I start my own business? Maybe I can do that, you know, that kind of a deal. Maybe I can use the technology to make my own business or go into a consulting, you know, that kind of a deal uh, where I'm consulting with other, you know, people uh, and to grow their business or whatever the case is. But this kind of look what it did for us creatively. Yeah. Steve, your, your, your incredible YouTube channel, this podcast, <laughs> us coming to get like we, before COVID, we didn't talk regularly. We, we've been friends forever, but we, we weren't talking, but it, 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 you know, my creativity turned into Matt's creativity and then Matt's yeah. creativity. We grabbed Steve with his creativity and we, we, because we, I think everybody slowed down. I think that's the one yeah. thing that people I don't mean. talk about mostly. That was the greatest gift. We can 100%. bitch about COVID all the time. COVID taught everybody to slow down. Apply it's the brakes. not that serious. Yeah. It just isn't that serious. Stop and take a walk like why do like i was the year before oh my god living in dallas Hmm. go 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 right yeah there was no stop i had a sick wife and a job that made me travel a ton you know what i mean like there was no i i didn't stop and smell the roses once yeah in 2019 i didn't even know what that was Yeah. yeah but later on you know with with you know moving down here and then COVID hits it made me appreciate home a lot more it made me appreciate work a lot more it made me miss pa a lot more because i slowed down and actually thought about moving so far away from all my people and it 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 defined me it it's changed me as a person it's defining me as a person of i'm a better person because i slowed down Mm -hmm. and i think you're saying that in jobs because they're like wait a minute i'm worth more than this yeah i'm worth more than this 18 an hour job that I get shit on every day. Exactly. You, I'll go do something else. I'll do something else right now. Yeah. I saw a guy on TikTok. He, uh, I follow him now. I saw him this morning. He was a, a gasoline tech for years. And he did it. It's funny that you, you, you played the story. He did a whole thing on how COVID changed. He's now a coffee roaster and he sells coffee online. Not amazing. And he's making twice as much money happier than ever ever you know around his kids and wife all the time he works out of his own home he roasts the coffee in his home in his garage he has this he built this beautiful empire and he had to because his company his company had to lay him off for a little bit mm-hmm. and give him a little bit of money and he had to figure out he had a hobby so he supplemented his income with with marketing that and it turned into his full-time business and there you go yeah Creative people will do creative things. Oh, yeah. And I think that's, you're going to see that as a revitalization, I think, coming out of this season. Get ready for an explosion of creativity. I, 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 I totally believe that. I totally believe that. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like with me. It's like I've gone, I've been billing for most of my career. Um, and I'm thinking about project management. And mm-hmm. could there be a possibility that I could be a consultant? Heck yeah. I don't know what those steps are just yet. But I'm training to eventually get there um, and to be a part of project management because I love being able to work on things and solve problems and to be able to say, okay, utilizing Lean Six or whatever. It it reinvigorated me really during the entire pandemic. And now it's like, okay, what can I do with this? Do I join a PMO? Do I join a project management office? Or do I go into the consulting role? Who the heck knows? Who the heck knows? Sky's the limit. 
Sky's the limit, I think. You're willing to take the risk, and that's the best part. That's the best part. I know Steve too. Uh, you know, with with your law practice, right? I mean, it's the same deal. Uh, you could talk briefly about that if you want to talk about that. Sure. I mean, you know, you're working from home now, mostly, right? At this point. Yeah. So, that's mm-hmm. been a big change. Instead of having going into the office every day, uh, and everything. That's I don't want to speak for you, but yeah. I mean, what are your thoughts, real quick, to wrap it up? Um, yeah, I mean, I've been able to work from home for a long time. Yeah. Um, it was a little weird to do it every single day, (laughs) but, uh, I got used to, I got used to not having to get up to an alarm at six 30 in the morning and shower real quick and run to catch a train. Now I can roll out of bed at like seven and take my time. That's That's nice. There's Um, no go to John's point. There's no go, 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 go. You gotta, mm -hmm. you can, you can slow down and just take your time. Yeah. My biggest question is that it's making you happier. You're just all generally happier, right? Uh, yeah, from that perspective, yeah. It's... <laughs> but that's awesome. That's the good stuff. It's the well, good. good yeah. yeah, we we talk a lot about the bad in COVID. It's good, you know. I mean, we're all not we're not we're all not people that want to sit here and be like, oh, well, let's boast about how great our life is. Like, but that's not who we are. But... <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but there's definitely been a positive change. So yeah, that was really, really good. So. Let's uh, let's close out two noobs here, guys. Let's do a little sports talk as we do. Um, let's get into this uh, this overtime. This overtime <laughs> change. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Bills Chiefs probably the, one of the better, if not the best, uh, divisional playoff rounds. By the way, if you look back at last episode, don't even bother looking at those brackets. Those were just completely destroyed. Um, I got one. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah, I, I was I was looking real good after the first game. Oh yeah, absolutely. It was Cincinnati is like you called that. I was like, whoa, okay. And then everything else just kind of fell apart. I I don't know where. I, terrible. I got the Rams still in it. So you got I, the Rams I, still in it, I'm Johnny. Staying, there you I'm go. Yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm pulling from Cincinnati here on out. There you go. Just, there you know, go. Long long suffering fan base. Yeah. Uh, I'm all about. I'm all. First, about it. If first, the Bills can't win, Cincinnati needs to. First AFC championship since '88, so I mean you can't go wrong with that. It's yeah. like man alive. Boomer, is that Boomer? Boomer. Yes. Oh, Boomer. Boomer days. <laughs> wow. That yeah, was Boomer Sison. Yeah, he had great play action fake, by the way. But yeah, everybody was talking about um, the Bills Chiefs. Four HD cameras. It's probably terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Bills Chiefs in overtime, of course. Uh, Chiefs tie it up. They talk. They they basically you know that was the last play of the fourth quarter. They go to the overtime. They have to flip the coin. Chiefs get the ball, march right down the field. They score the touchdown. Game over. Bills never see the ball. That's it. You know, mm-hmm. that kind of deal. Um, pre-production, we had a very, as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, we had a very spirited debate it over was how to fix the overtime rules, which was a terrific debate, by the way. Um, John had something with a coin toss. Steve had something with alternate possessions which was, I think was really, really cool talking about like home and away a la baseball. Can, can we yeah. just preface this? Yeah. We'll preface this first, just because I don't want people out there thinking this is sour grapes. We all picked the bills to win the Super Bowl. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and we a lot of people, yeah. a lot of people you've heard complaining about the overtime with the chiefs yeah. were bills fans. Bills fans. Yeah. I personally didn't really give a crap. <laughs> I'm an Eagles fan. The Eagles are out. Bills, I, Chiefs. I don't really care. Care. I think exactly. We, I think we ended it on the, the spirit of debate after we figured out. I think the, our last thing we were talking about was it's just because it's the only sport that is unsettled in overtime. I think that's yeah. the it's, only it's, reason we're doing it. It's yeah. not. It's the only sport who 
doesn't give you an opportunity satisfying overtime ending 100 percent. okay it was yeah so the chiefs march right down in overtime they score a touchdown they score a touchdown game's over i was like well it would have been cool if we could have seen how how josh allen could have done if he got a possession. Exactly. A couple Makes times, sense. it would have been great. If yeah. there would have been a dramatic ending. This was just a, eh. Yeah, yeah it, that's it. <laughs> I think that's what made us mad about it. It was, eh. It was, yeah. it, and wasn't yeah. it, isn't it like 10 of the last 11 playoff overtimes have been won by the team that won the coin toss? Won the co- yeah, yeah, won the coin yeah. toss to go right down the field score. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was the Super Bowl. Uh, which one was it? Atlanta? Or Tampa yeah. Bay won the coin toss in overtime and marched right down and scored right a touchdown. Right down the field, scored a touchdown, yeah. Uh, That's Atlanta, it. New England in the Super Bowl, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I had an interesting uh, point where I think I just said, just toss, get rid of the coin toss. Mm-hmm. Just get rid of it. And you're thinking, okay, well, what the heck, what do you do? Well, home field, you have the decision to make. You either kick off, defer, or receive the, the game, or receive the ball, to either start the game. And at the at the end of the whole thing, we I think we all agree with that in our plan that we're going to put out for people. Like yeah. that was the first, that's our first change. Yeah. Is that yeah. we're going to eliminate the coin toss. Let's get rid of the coin toss. It's be home, home team defers whether to kick or the first receive. or the second half or the receiver. Well, I don't half. even know why they added the third word. So you got like choose kick, receive, or defer. Like, isn't that the same? <laughs> like, first, Roger Goodell, you're a racist. So let's eliminate defer and just <laughs> receive. The um, yeah, I, I I agree with getting rid of the coin toss, mm-hmm. and I I think it just goes to home field advantage should mean something. It should. Uh, you know, in in baseball, yep. you get the last at bat. In hockey, you get the last line change. Yeah. You don't really have much of a home court advantage in basketball, as I not particularly. No. No, not really. um, no. But football, I, what do you really get other than kind of knowing your stadium and which direction to pick if you're not getting the ball? Yeah, I mean, what, what you know your stadium. You're out on I mean, the field for 27 hours before the game, so you already figured it. If you're any kind of athlete, if you're a kicker or you're a quarterback, you know what the which way the wind's blowing. Oh, sure. Yeah, and that's right. So, that so let let's let's have home field advantage mean something tactically. 100%. You know why not? Yeah, I agree. Exactly. So, Steve, take us into the the next phase of the plan is the possession. So let's just say, which I thought was really home good. Home team gets the ball at, at the at the end of regulation in the overtime. Home team either gets the choice to get the ball or give the ball. So, where did we decide? We decide to put it at the forty, the opposite forty, right? Or the fifty. Or your own your own forty. Yeah, your, yeah, own, your 40. own forty. You have to yeah, cross the fifty yard line. I think that's what we decided. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something along that line. Okay. Yeah. Um the, the the whole idea of what currently football does it now where if you kick a field goal, the other team gets a possession. Mm-hmm. Um and I thought, well, if you if you score a touchdown, why shouldn't the other team still get a possession? I it's to me it's kind of like baseball. Yeah, um, where you know you get you get to the the first team to bat in the tenth inning if they score a run that doesn't mean the game's over. Yeah, you know, that's, the, that's the, the point. home team gets the opportunity. The, the home bat. team gets to bat too, yeah. uh, right? So yeah. Yeah. let's 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 it, kind of college does it sort of similar, right? They mm-hmm. start at the the opponent's twenty five, yeah. which is too easy to me. That's why we talked about backing it up to your own forty. Forty. Uh, and I, I could be talked into other um, 
iterations of that as well. Okay, we, the main it could be forty. It could. We just yeah. don't. The reason we came up with that is because we, the twenty five is too easy. Yeah. Right. The right. The yeah. the main the main idea was each team should get an offensive possession mm-hmm. to try and either take the lead or tie or mm-hmm. you know what have you or go for it just because you know it's it, it's just to watch one team get the ball and score and that's it just it, is it's, kind of meh it kind of deflates it yeah uh, I mean here, my my original plan too I'm sorry go ahead John go ahead. Just something real quick to just throw into Steve's idea of the rule. What about the what about the one guy, the one coach, like the Doug Peterson, mm. that scores the touchdown and then goes for two? Yeah. So now you got an eight-point lead in overtime. Yeah. How exciting would that be? That would be huge. Because now the other team will come down. Yeah. Even if they score, they can't win with an extra point. Like It opens up so much, so much more excitement, and I think that's what we were looking for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. I mean, the, the only alternative that I had uh, in pre-production, I made the mention that it should be a continuous running period. Like if the game is tied, let's just say, for example, Chiefs kick the field goal, you eliminate the coin toss, you go into that next overtime as if it's a next quarter. It's like the second quarter or something along those lines. Here it would be the fifth quarter. Mm-hmm. Chiefs kick off to the Bills. Bills have the opportunity to go down and score, and you play to a sudden death. That kind of a deal. But, again, I love Steve's point, too, where it's like you've got home away. Mm-hmm. That's such a great point because it's like you give the opportunity. You have that baseball element in there where it's like you have the opportunity to respond. I think that's really, really good. And I think that's something where it's like you you introduce that into the mix, you eliminate the entire controversy of this, uh, that kind of deal. And I put that in air quotes. <laughs> but and, um, and, and yeah, my that yeah. suggestion i think um would only be for to just keep going until like like baseball and extra innings keep going, keep going until either the last team to have possession can't yep. tie it or go ahead tie or, go ahead. or yeah. the last team to have possession scores to go ahead yeah it's like a walk-off right yeah um but you you would need to do it that way yeah right and i would do that for playoffs um regular season i would say maybe just give each team one possession and that's it if they tie they tie they tie they tie and i think everybody was because nobody wants to you know especially if you got the the sunday seven o'clock game or the eight o'clock game or the monday game you don't want to watch yeah they're not gonna yeah Yeah. exactly they're not gonna get ready so what does it matter on top yeah. of that, too, you're going to get those ratings. On top of that, too, we should also mention this too with the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. right? In case that goes in overtime, what do you do? The neutral site game, right? Yeah, but well, there's I a home team. Thought, yeah, I thought. I think yeah. we all thought we kind of do it like the NHL does it, where it's like better regular season record will basically be designated as a home team. So yeah. I think all of us kind of agree to get rid of the coin toss completely. This yeah. is what what would we would do? Kick the coin toss out add in a couple of different things to Steve's point, have the, the guaranteed possession home away, whatever the case may be. And then it's, you know, you just play it out and see how that goes. But you eliminate that home team has the ultimate decision to say, okay, I want to kick off the fur or receive, just get rid of the coin toss. I think that is the one thing that is, that's what contributes to deflating of like people it, going, Oh, this it is does, terrible. but you it's not, the game. you got to flip a coin. Come on. It's, it's it's not 
just the coin toss though is the problem so exactly. if you get rid of the coin toss and give the home team the choice yeah overtime comes they're always going to take the ball first because yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if they score a touchdown they know it's over they know it's right? over now, you're, exactly. now you're you're bringing deep you're bringing defense into the the one thing that sucks is you're you're eliminating special teams yeah but they've already eliminated well, my, my point my point is they're eliminating special teams but they already have by yeah. shortening the kickoff anyway, so why do we have to watch it? Yeah, exactly. If they go back, I would I would fight for the kickoff if mm. they would bring it back to normal mm-hmm. for overtime. I'd have no issues with that. But if you're gonna bump it up like they did, those kickers, oh, those kickers can... aren't even kicking hard, and they're kicking out of the end zone. <laughs> well, uh, that was one of the yeah. that was one of the criticisms of the Bills mm. was after they scored the touchdown to go ahead oh, yeah. with 13 seconds left. It's like they kicked it out of the end zone. Mm-hmm. Why didn't you? Why didn't you squib kick it? Yeah, make them take some time off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? take at least some time off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're talented and, enough. You could kick that short to like the five yard line. Who's to say? You know, and it's like, and I get that too because it's like, okay, if you kick it short, they have the opportunity to run it back. But if your special teams are good enough to cover down there, come on. Yeah. Well, here, here's my problem with the whole kickoff thing. They have to the kick to the end zone, mm-hmm. right? The kick to the end zone takes it to the twenty five. But mm-hmm. if you kick it out of bounds, it only takes it to the forty. That's not a long distance in football. Shorter field, though. But I mean, it's just not a it, – to, to your point, you take that kind of risk of trying to pin them with a squib kick. Because yeah. if it goes out of bounds, you're really not losing much. Like, you're not losing that much. Well, Because they're, move, they're moving things up because they never change the 40 roll, but they change the 25 roll. You're giving them 15 free yards – with you know some time on the clock is yes but with hope of with hope of killing the time if you script kick it it would make sense yeah but if it goes if it goes out of bounds no time goes off because they didn't touch it the clock doesn't start till they touch the ball until they touch the ball Uh, and it's out of bounds now you're you're, they're already starting at the 40 that's all i'm saying is you would kick it somewhere where it would bounce right down the middle absolutely yeah that's what i mean it would bounce weird so you could angle a little bit Mm -hmm. you're not you're not losing you're not losing as much as you would if the kickoff was the way it was they're kind of playing the game as the kickoff is the way it is but they've changed by moving it up and giving it to you an extra five yards yeah they need to either eliminate that or just don't do that in overtime because it's dumb yeah fascinating discussion fascinating talk but yeah that's, I, th- that's... I think there's i think there's a, a lot of other things that would have to be worked out with yeah. with the proposal yeah just yeah. how turnovers and you know fourth downs and things like that but uh, th- once again this none of this absolves the bills from playing shitty defense <laughs> exactly. the final 13 seconds of the game with exactly. a lead exactly this yeah. is just this yeah. is all about satisfying the fans generally yeah of having a you know because it was a it was a fantastic oh. last two minutes yeah right crazy and then to have it just end in overtime because one team won a coin toss and yeah. the other team doesn't get a chance it just kind of uh, sucks yeah exactly yeah so if that's it, our that's it, our two news an hour we will solve the world's problems there you go exactly <laughs> hey got a quick question for, for you guys before we sign off of here if oh, yeah. you've got a basis loaded two outs and you have to choose one Philly pitcher, and I'm going to give you the list, guys, of the pitchers. To get a strikeout, who would you select? It would be Brad Lidge, Cliff Lee, Steve, Carl- Steve Carlton, Tug McGraw, or Roy Halladay. Philly's posted that on their Instagram page uh, earlier this week. 
Bases loaded, the, two out. You choose one pitcher to get that strikeout to end the game, essentially. Is the year 2008. It can be if you want it to be. Because <laughs> if it's not, I'm not taking Lidge. Yeah, That's exactly. Very if good. it is, I am taking Lidge. You would definitely take Lidge, yeah. I would. If in 2008. Okay. Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, I will say, let's caveat that. Non-2008. Okay. Non-2008. Same so it, same list of players. It's got to be it's got to be in their prime. Yeah. So whatever their prime was, I would say because you would I, I wouldn't want Cliff Lee now, you know. What I, mean? <laughs> I don't want Cliff Lee, you know, for the Indians. I, I would say I would go with Holiday <laughs> now, but I think he has a problem. He's not here. <laughs> can I? Can Cliff Lee be the pitcher on the mound in the world in the 09 World Series against the Yankees? Do I get that Cliff Lee? Because then I pick him. You know I what I mean? Is it? Yeah. It's 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 the in their prime. So yeah, there is other too. I should mention that too. You can pick other. any other. I, I pick Cliff Lee because Cliff Lee is all, all due respect to Roy Holiday, Steve Carlton, Brad Lidge, all them. He just made me stop and watch. There's something about Cliff Lee. He had me. Yeah. He literally had me the minute he became a Philly. I was like, I like him, and then he traded him, and I was really angry, and then they got him back, and I was like, I like him. I like him again. That's <laughs> literally how my relationship went with him. I, I want him because so he, it was a true love, then sort of hate, sort of hate the Phillies, then a love again. Really? Well, I hate Ruben Amaro still to this day. Oh, there you go. That he will never, even though I follow him on Twitter and like him now, I still hate him for that. <laughs> for doing that, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Steve. Uh, you don't have the strikeout numbers there, do you? I do not. No, Damn. I do not. Because I, I don't. I should have. I should have pulled them up. I don't remember Lee being he was high a high strikeout guy. He was not, but he was a fly. He was a fly ball pitcher. He would get a lot of outs with I fly he was ball. Ground, I thought he was a ground ball guy. Yeah. Hmm. Well, he might have been. Uh, I know Matt really wants to go with Joe Table, but um... <laughs> he was amazing. I would um, Tug McGraw. Yeah. He's a tugger. Okay. Go with the okay. tugger. Okay. I agree. If we're going closer, you actually go. You, you would go tug. Would Bases he, loaded, bottom of the ninth, two outs. Two you outs. need a closer. You need, you need that guy closer. to kind of. And he okay. was longevity. Like it. What well, Lidge was a season or two. You know what I mean? In, right. a, in the Phillies uniform and wasn't really good before then. Yeah. Cliff Lee, when he was here, he had. Uh, 813 strikeouts in his career. And how many innings? Uh, gosh, you're pulling me up here. Uh, 827 innings in his career. Uh, right, so it's about one to one. Eight. Yeah, it's one to one. That makes it. That makes sense for him. Yeah, he was definitely a contact guy. Yeah. You touched. You touched his pitches. <laughs> like you definitely did. Yeah, he probably put the ball in play, but I mean, but one to one is pretty good though. <laughs> Same thing with Holiday though. Holiday was a very good sinker ball pitcher that well he would get he would get you know 10 strikeouts a game yeah and then the rest of them probably be a ground ball to second (laughs) yeah right holiday stats here uh holiday in the four innings uh, or four innings in the four uh seasons that he was with the phillies 622 strikeouts 702 innings pitched oh wow so lee was actually the higher strikeout yeah it was the higher strikeout guy yeah that's interesting. That is interesting. I still, I'm gonna stick with Tug McGraw. You're gonna go Tugger, unless uh, it's 2008, and then I'm taking Brad Lidge. <laughs> which makes complete sense. If and I'm going Cliff Lee only if it's 09. Uh, I yeah, I would, 
I would lean Halliday, uh, only yeah. only because I fell in love with the guy, and uh, you can't take away that first love. Sorry. This thing is, there's uh, no wrong answer. That's why I love that they put it out because there's literally... there's there's wrong answers. There's wrong answers. I mean, yeah, <laughs> if you're gonna, you know. Uh, Drew Smiley would not be number Drew one on anyone's be list. But if we're doing by year, oh eight, you know Brian Madsen would fit in there too. Right, yeah, strikeout changeup, you can't you get right, or fastball changeup can't beat that. Uh, I would also throw out Jamie Moyer, but it would have to have the right, you know, home plate umpire behind him. <laughs> and Chooch is the catcher, and, and Chooch is the catcher to frame that outside corner. He was over forty. Yeah, you got to frame those corner pitches. He's got to frame man. that corner pitch, and we can, you know, that's what Chooch was so good at. He was framing that out, that outside corner, you know. Uh, I think so that's, I would I Jamie think Moore, a hundred percent, the guy that we would have on the back of that of that whoever the pitcher is. Chooch has to be the catcher. Oh, hundred percent. He's like yeah. the all-time Philly catcher. He was just good at everything. Yeah, he wasn't great. He was just good at everything. Yeah, Jamie Moore, 439 strikeouts, 720 innings pitch. So, I mean, yeah, eh, you, know, you need that outside corner. You know, as long as you get that outside <laughs> corner, you're going. You're going. All right, so if you have the right umpire and you have Chooch catching, you're going Jamie Moore. I'm going Jamie Moore as, a, as my need, alternative backup. There so you, need, you probably need the, the old sympathetic Joe West to Moyer. <laughs> Because he was very sympathetic to Jamie Moyer. Very sympathetic. Either that or I'll take Eric Craig, too, who had the biggest, widest strike zone you could ever imagine. I remember games of Jamie Moyer where I'd watch and Joe West would be behind the plate. And me being a Phillies fan, and I told you, I watched sports completely irrationally the whole time. That would be the only time I'd go, really, Joe? No, that wasn't. Come on, dude. <laughs> But I'll take uh, it. If, I'll take it, right? If you have a if you have a free swinger up there, oh yeah, uh, I'll go Mitch Williams. There you go. <laughs> I, there you go. Just you for know. fun. If you got a hundred pants, Mitch Williams striking them out. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Love it. Love it. Well, that's it, guys. We've hit the end of the episode, episode 69 of Two News Talking. It's great, as always, to be with you both, uh, and your contributions are just immaculate. I love it. Love it to be able to spend Let's time. Let's up. Let's get to 70. Hey, let's <laughs> move on to 70, shall we? Hey, just by the way, I'm, I'm, I'm sporting the Team Sweden jersey today, just in honor of all the snow, because this was as far north as I could get. On, there you uh, go. Yeah, Jesus. yeah, it was like a freezer box out there. I'm so not there trying go. to blend into the wall back as there. You, as you guys will see, the the extremely, which is funny, the alternative, as you're watching, overlay to, we did that to Brighton Steve down. <laughs> exactly. That's all that was. It was preemptive exactly. brightening because we didn't even know he was wearing that. Yeah, exactly. It you're was good. Great. Don't worry. You will, you will fit in very well. Love it. Love it. <laughs> So let's hit them up on our shameless plugs, guys. Uh, who wants to hit up the socials? Where can people find us? Oh, I'll, I guess I'll do it. it. I'll do it. Yeah. I'll do it. Uh, you can do the socials. Go uh, ahead. So we'll, you know, we were on Facebook. We're on yep. Twitter. Yep. We're on Instagram. And yep. we're on TikTok. Yeah, we have um, 100 followers, over 100 followers on TikTok, and we love it. I mean, oh, that's wow. fantastic. John, do we ever look at a clapper? Are we doing that or not? Uh, I, we'll figure it. We, I, we're trying, on. but we're, it's not working right now. Oh, there you go. Okay. Of course it's not. It's not, yeah, it's, not, it's not downloading. <laughs> I don't I, It's weird. I don't know. I don't, but the, I don't all of those uh, will lead, of course, like with TikTok, will yeah. lead you with our show videos, which leads us to YouTube. Yeah. Our YouTube channel where you, you know. can find all of our episodes, some, some shorts, some things that we just put up there. 
Um, we're not getting taken down like everybody else. So oh, you can no. find us. We're, 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 we're below the radar. I love it. Are yes. you kidding me? <laughs> Please, if you see us on YouTube, just like, hit that subscribe button because that kind of helps yeah. the algorithm a little bit. The like one really helps. We like oh, the like. Yeah. Uh, if you want to share it, which I don't know why you would, just sending us to your friends, that seems a little weird. But if you want to mess with them, just do it. It'd be fun. <laughs> why not? Yeah, exactly. Our nonsense. Just in someone's phone, like 3.30 in the morning. <laughs> I could totally see that being perfect. It's great. The audio, though, Steve, right? Yeah, sure. We're uh, proudly hosted by Podbean, which brings us to all the little dirty channels like uh, iHeartRadio and uh, Apple Podcasts, Boogle. 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 Sorry, Google. Go- with a G, Google Podcasts. Love it. We're um, Just so I can say it. Uh, we, we, want, we want Spotify to bring us to uh, Dr. Murphy's attention. Yes. Uh, we're also Spotify, on Amazon Music. Spotify. Spotify, come on, come on, you can come there in. Go. There you Spotify. go. There you go. You can come in. You're fine. Yep. It. And we are on Amazon Music as well. Yes. Love it. Yes. Love it. We're also on uh, a bunch of other things, uh, audio-wise. Wherever you get your podcast, just type in two dudes talking two one five five one two, and you can find us on any podcast app that we can't remember or don't there care about. Yeah. Awesome. John will proudly mispronounce your name. Yes. <laughs> Every day. Show notes. Those are found. Two news talking to wordpress.com. Uh, you can go there, download the, uh, the articles we referenced, all that kind of good stuff. Until they get booted by the Google Drive bot. Until exactly. they get booted by the Google Drive and bot. And if you subscribe your email address, they'll pop up in your mailbox whenever the hell we press that publish button. <laughs> and if you want, I can send you a TXT file with the number one in it. Nice. Awesome. Please do. Please do. I'm going to awesome. put it right in I Google Drive. I cannot wait to get pinged by Google Drive, guys. That's going to be awesome. be great. Yeah, we've made it at that point. That's awesome. So that's it. Episode sixty nine is in a can. On to seventy. Uh, does anyone have anything final to say before we get the heck out of here? <laughs> Episode sixty nine. There, it's done. <laughs> but um, bum. Talk to y'all guys next week. Take care. If you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do read it, you're misinformed. That's a great question. What is the long-term effect of too much information? One of the effects is the need to be first, not even to be true anymore.